Blog Talk Radio. Playing the hottest and the dopest music. Shout out to everybody on iHeartRadio. Shout out to everybody on TuneIn, Stitcher, College Underground Radio, and all the other major platforms. I can't name them all, but you know we on them. So make sure y'all tune in. Follow me at DJ Big Stew on Facebook.com, DJ Big Stew on Twitter, Beef Stew 110 on Instagram, all right? But today we got a super, 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 super show. Y'all, you know, I got, I got, I got, you know, my mom's just listening, everybody listening in Harlem right now. We got my man in the building, Mr. Larry Dotson in the building, the original singer from the legendary Bar Cage. Welcome, sir. Welcome to the show. Good, a- Good afternoon, man. It's a delight to be on your show, partner. Oh, uh, man, it's, a, it's, it's like the most biggest honor in the world right now to have you on the show right now. Because, you know, we know you guys got a lot to do with, um, you know, like just like James Brown, y'all got a lot to do with the birth of hip hop, a lot of y'all music and all that. 
Well, you know what? We uh we've been real, real blessed, my brother. We've been uh we've been around, we've had hit records in five decades. Starting from the very first record that Brian ever did and and then sixty six was Soul Singles, a million seller and uh I have been the only singer the band has ever had and uh eventually I turned into uh besides writing a lot of the stuff, turned to producing a lot of the songs and uh, here I am thirty albums later, man. We've done We've had 20 top 10 singles, 20 top 10 albums, and and a host of other stuff, man. So uh, I'm just I'm just honored. And uh, you know, I I, uh, I started my solo career. I left the band. Uh, I actually retired. Period in 2017. Mm. But uh, I found a real good. It took me seven months. I found a kid taking my place. But uh, man, you know what? I couldn't stay away from music. I I, I came back. <laughs> I came back about a year ago, and I started on the Tom Jonah Cruise with Janet Jackson, Charlie Wilson, Maxwell, and Frankie Beverly Mays, and that started my solo career. So I travel now as Larry D., the original voice of the Barcades, and my new single is called I'm Good. New video out. It's on my own label, Music Moves, so I'm on cloud nine, my brother. That's what's up. That's what's up. I want to take it back to the beginning. Like, how did it, How did it all begin for you? Like, where did it all start? Well, you know what? I, I I'm originally originally, you know, to being the band being the band singer for fifty years, I started out as a doo walker, man, in the group called Tim Priest. James, the you know, for those of you who don't know, the original guys, four of them were killed in a plane crash with Otis Redding. So after they reformed, yeah. they were an instrumental group at that time. So in nineteen seventy they asked me to join and be the singer of the group because they wanted to have a singer after being an instrumental band for so many years. So I took that tour on, man, and um, here I am, thirty albums later. <laughs> mm. It's been a great career. I've been, you know, I've been center stage, man, for um, for a little about about forty eight years, man, before I left the group and retired and uh, and and started my solo career. Now you was fortunate to, you know, the the rip the the watch stack stage. Can you tell us what that was a little bit about? Because you know, people my age, all we do is. You know, we get to look at that and see that history because, you know, we're dealing with some type of times like that now. Well, at least we was dealing with it the last four years. So and, and music yeah. like yours help us get through those type of times. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. You know what? I, I tell you, you know, Al Bell at that time, we were all at Stax Records and uh, Al Bell came and he said, you know what? I've got an idea. Let's go and put on a free concert. Well, not free. We're just going to charge two dollars. And this was right behind the Watts riots in in, uh, in the early 70s, in 71, 72. And uh, he, asked, he, he asked, would we all as artists donate our time and go and put on this huge concert in the L.A. Coliseum? We had 100,000 people. And uh, we never thought, man, that it was going to be not only an iconic concert, but it, it turned out to be an iconic music film, man. So, I mean, it's been legendary for all these years, and uh, all of the stacked artists were a part of it, including Isaac Hayes, uh, the Staple Singers, uh, oh, you name it, man, the Bart uh just everybody that was there at Stacked Records. We all donated our time, and it turned out to be an iconic concert. And to this day, it's been the biggest audience we've ever played for. It was 100,000 people when the Bart mm-hmm. went on stage. Now, you know, being a vet in the game for all those years, and music has changed now to digital and everything. You know, what what? How do you yes. feel now with the new with the new way of how we distribute music and how it, easy it is for an artist to put out their own music now? 
Well, you know, I have mixed emotions about that, my brother. You know, when they first started to sample our music, they, you know, they really didn't pay OGs like myself and George Clinton and James Brown. It sort of ripped everybody off. But as things went on and we started to get attorneys to, to, to kind of watch that particular entity, things got better. And so it, we got through that, and the and the, the groups who were, you know, who were who were actually sampling the music started to pay us and. Uh, it's been all good. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, easy access to the music has made it really, really tough on us as artists. We've had music in five decades. I mean, we've had hit records in five decades. So we've been through a lot of changes. But, I, you know, I have mixed emotions about being able to get music free is really, 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 really not fair to us as artists. And in the hip-hop and all genres, I mean, it's just really not fair. But... It is what it is. The digital world is the digital world, and we've managed as a barcade to stay ahead of the game, and that's how we've managed to have hit records in, 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 in five decades because we've been at the cutting edge of all the things, and uh, we try to stay ahead of the game. But uh, it's all good. It's all good. You know, it's enabled us to go on concert tours and tour even when we didn't have even, – even when we didn't have hit records, our show was so dynamite that we were able to, to – uh, really keep our audiences great, man, and, and really make a lot of money. You really want to know the truth. And now, I'm glad you said that because, um, you know, was, was when, when when I wanted to always ask this question because a lot of the vets feel the way you feel like about the sampling and stuff. Was it more or less like mad with the artists or the labels? Because did, did you guys understand it was like a new art form that was being developed with using you guys' music or it was more like the labels that you felt the labels should have paid you? Well, I'm going to tell you, you know what? It was a combination of both. We felt like the label should have watched our back. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and we as the artists, we suffered because it was predatory at the time. But as as I said, you know, looking back at things, all things considered, uh, it was done because hip-hop wanted to, they admired our music and they wanted to use it and, 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 and intertwine it into what they were doing. And that's really all good. That's really that's really flattering that they thought that much of it. And they were also trying to put music, they were trying to put uh, lyrics on top of music that had already been proven to be hits as well. So it kind of mm-hmm. gave them an edge a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so uh, yeah. uh, it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, we've made a lot of money. Uh, from samples. As a matter of fact, Holy Ghost at one time was the most sampled 45 out, man. It was mm. the most single in music business. Wow. Now, yeah, I want to take, take you back now, because I can't, I can't have you here without playing some of the joints. Um, you definitely was singing <laughs> on um, running in and out of my life, right? You know what? That was, I, I, I'm one of the key writers of the band, man, and I wrote that song particularly for a guy in the group. His name was Sherman. He had a real good falsetto voice, man. And I, you know, I did all the songs, man. So I said, you know what, Sherman, I want to write you a song that you can do. And it, it, the key was real, real high for him, you know. So he had to kind of scrunch his balls up, man, to get on some of those notes. But uh, I wrote that song for him, and uh, it turned out to be one of our biggest, biggest, and most popular ballads, along with anticipation and. Unforgettable dreams and attitudes. It's way up there on our ballot list. All right. So you know how we do it on Beef Stew Radio. We play the hits. Whether yes, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna play that right now. 
We gonna, yes, sir. We got him in the building, the legendary Mr. Larry Dotson. The, we got to always sing as the original lead singer for the Barcades. He in the building. We going to do it right. There you go. Radio. We live from Harlem. <laughs> Classic soul of day. We got Mr. Larry Dotson in the building. Yes, that sir. Your, that was one of your pin hits. Yes, Ghostwriting on yes, that sir. one. <laughs> now, you know, yeah, man, was, that, was... was that easy for you? Because a lot of groups you don't hear do that. Like the lead singer say, I'm going to let you sing this song. When you look at a lot of stories, that's not how it ever went. The lead singer used to really <laughs> want to sing a lot. No, man. You know, Would y'all man, like that? Let me tell you something. No, let me, let me tell you something. The three, the three guys who really wrote ninety uh, percent of all the songs was myself, Harvey Henderson, and Winston Stewart. But you know what? Our manager and producer, his name was Alan Jones. He said, "Look, guys," he told us this man in the early seventies. 
He said, I know you guys are writing songs, but I want y'all to put everybody's name on the record. And we did, man, for most of our career. No matter if you wrote the song or not, we put everybody's name on it. Because I don't want y'all to end up fighting over money. And and I didn't mm. understand at that time, but it was one of the things that kept us together. Now, of course, as time went on, I mean, you know, it, it, it got to be a little redundant on us, you know. For years, man, we put everybody's name on the record, man. And Billboard would always say, look, will y'all please stop sending all these names on this record, man? We know every, uh, y'all ain't wrote all these songs. Yeah, all you guys didn't write this record or didn't write this record. We were having, like, top ten records and gold and platinum albums. So they were kidding us about it. I said, well, look, you just put the names on the song. Don't worry about that. He said, we're running out of space, man. We ain't got enough space for eight people's names. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. That was That's cool, y'all, together, y'all lasted long. Excuse me? I said, y'all lasted longer than most bands. Oh man, we we've never broken up, man. Not even you know when even with, even with people leaving and stuff, uh, the band's never broken up, man. I you know I, since since the band of the only thing that broke the band up was losing the life of four of the members and the plane crash with Otis Redding. That was the only downtime that the band has ever had since '66. Mm, that's we've real. been together that's- that long. I only left, you know, I, 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 I uh, retired in 2017, but I found a guy to take my place, so even that time, it wasn't downtime. They never missed a gig, you know, and, uh, and, and, and you know, the guys in the band, and I still own the group, you know, me and my, and my partner, James, so we're all very cool, man, and uh, my new record, I'm Good, is out, and it's, it's uh, spearheaded my solo career. And the mm-hmm. and the Barcades got a new record coming out, so we are all good friends, man, and uh, we work together and and still do a lot of things together. Yeah, yeah, we we gonna get into I'm good. That joint is definitely hot. We we playing that here already in the station. You know that definitely is definitely, is yes, definitely hot. Um, I just want to pick your brain because you know it's not every day that we get a legend like you here. So <laughs> we definitely deep into the music. So we trying to get some some education and some knowledge while we got the chance to do it. You know. And, um, I received that. I received that. I received that. You got me. Whatever you want, though, I'm I'm I'm, I'm telling it all. <laughs> now, you know, when we look at a lot of groups, like when we look at um the Five Heartbeat story, which is supposed to be like the Dell story, or when we look at any of the Temptation story, racism. When you guys were traveling around in the states and all that, have you ever did y'all experienced anything like some of the groups experienced back then, going to different gigs? Man, let me tell you something. From the very beginning, and, I, and this may be something that the fans and friends don't really know, man, but from the very beginning of the Barcades career in early 60s, the Barcades was always an interracial group. Keyboard player was white. When the when the plane crash killed four of the members, including uh, Ronnie, who was a white kid, they reformed, and um, they, we got another white kid. Now, this is before I joined, and his name was Ronnie as well. So Racism and 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 being uh, you know just discrimination and stuff like that. We the Barcades never we never felt that. We understand we had an interracial group in the sixties, and mm-hmm. one of the let me tell you this: the keyboard player whose name was Ronnie, he was going to a white school. He left his white school and transferred to a real real rough. Uh, black school man in the ghetto and, and, and took his black girlfriend man and it was all good. Didn't nobody bother him. And you know, 
just think about early stack days, Booker T and MG, interracial group, the Memphis Horns, the interracial and this is the city that my got assassinated in. So inside of the walls there were stack records where we recorded and then had our big career um for five or six albums. There was no prejudice inside there. Outside of the walls it existed. Mm. Now being on Stacks Records, what was that like? That was like a famous record label for back then. Oh my God! You talking about a record label that had Sam and Dave, Wilson Pickett, Otis Redding, Johnny Taylor, Rufus and Carla Thomas, The Emotions, The Dramatics. I mean, I mean, it was a, it was like going to school for me, man. Isaac Hayes, David Porter, man. Some of the most prolific songs ever written came out of Stack Records, and at that time from uh, being a black-owned label there was just Motown, uh, Philly International, and Stax Records. Those were the only three. And, you know, I guess we could call we could call Motown Caviar and Champagne, and we could call Stax uh, Chitlins and uh, Big Red Soda, maybe, but we, we were singing from the heart, man. <laughs> I hear that. from the heart, man. <laughs> All right, I hear that. Now, you got a Christmas song too, though, that you got out too for the holidays. Absolutely, it's called Christmas with You. Man, I've been trying to write a Christmas record or do a Christmas record. We could never find time. So, on my solo career, this is my Christmas record. It's called Christmas with You. It's a wholesome. I call it a PG kind of nostalgic back in the day kind of song that emphasizes all the things that we love about the holidays, man. It's, I didn't want to write a slick record. I wanted to write a whole wholesome, heartfelt Christmas song that not only the, the older kids could enjoy it and the parents, but the kids could enjoy it as well. And I think I knocked it, I knocked it out of the park on this one. The radio is really gravitating to it. It's really just right. So we're going to get into that right now. Mr. Larry Dodson yes, in sir. the building. We got Christmas with you. We're going to start it early. We're going to get y'all a little taste of it early so uh, y'all can put it under the Christmas tree. I appreciate that, my brother. Yes, All sir. right, let's do it. Around the tree, 
Like that's like a Christmas love song. <laughs> Still got oh, the yeah, love yeah. feeling. Get you in the mood, don't it, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. It's Christmassy, but it's still got like that love feel to it, you know? <laughs> I tried, so, you know, I tried I, I tried to get something where they, they, they could take you from the fireplace to the bedroom at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hit, you hit it on that one. You definitely hit it on that okay. one. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, now, if man, you had yeah. the power, really into it right now. If you had the power to change something in the music business right mm-hmm. now, what would that be? Um, you know what? If I had the power to change something in the music business, it would be. I miss the A and R of music. That is artist relations. Where back in the day when we were really hitting. Uh, and we were at a label that had the Gap Band, the Commodores, Cool the Gang, Confunction, the Barcades. We were called self-contained groups. But you know what? The label was really interested in our career. It wasn't when you had a hit record, you had a hit record. But if your next record didn't hit, it's low. This okay, man. We 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 still got you. We know we know you have peaks and valleys. They don't have that anymore in the music business. It's like flavor of the day. You're only as good as your last record. That's not really really looking out for artistry and the craft. You know what I'm saying? That's about mm-hmm. making money. And that it makes the business shallow and it has an effect on the artist, man. They're so busy trying to write uh uh something that's uh radio friendly and, and not worried about not not concerned about really really taking that pen and, and writing a song that's gonna give you and your family generational wealth. Man, we still get money and a lot of money off of songs we did thirty years ago. Because mm. we were writing songs that not only made you dance, but heartfelt songs, man, like anticipation mm. and a lot of. Imagine if a imagine if these kids wrote a song like "Walk On By," you know. Think, mm-hmm. think how many times that's been re-recorded. Mm. That's a generational kind of thing. So that's yep. the one thing I would change, man. You know, just making the making the record companies uh, respect the artists more. Now. 
it ain't too many groups out here or bands out here now, but this is, for, for a band that's coming up right now that's listening and was like, yo, that you guys influenced, um, what advice would you give them? First thing I would tell anybody in this music business, this thing we call the music business, is to surround yourself with people who care about you and people who know about this business. This is an ever-changing business. It's much, much, much more different and complicated now. Uh, you gotta, you, you gotta make sure that you don't get caught up in uh, predatory contracts and stuff that's gonna, you know, just really, not really be uh, advantageous to you as an artist. Surround yourself with good people. And man, you know what? I always tell, tell these kids, man, when I speak and when I'm around on my book on my book tours and stuff, please always keep God first, man. Always. It's hard to get tripped up if you stay on your knees, man. Yeah, that's true. That's some good advice right there. Now, the song, the yep. single, I'm Good, what was the inspiration behind that? Man, I fell in love with the lyrics, and uh, Charlie Wilson is one of my dearest friends, man. And uh, the kid who produced this record on me, which was my first single on, on my solo career, his name was Wiley Morris. He's a, one of Charlie Wilson's producers, and Charlie turned me on to him. And um, so I went to Atlanta, man, and they sent me some. They sent me some songs to Memphis at first, and I fell in love with this song again. I'm a romantic at heart, man, and this song was simply saying, "As long as I got you, I'm good. I don't care what happens. If the world ended tomorrow, it would be all right. As long as I got you, I'm good." And I and uh, I fell in love with the track, and we went to Atlanta. We had a great time. As a matter of fact. I, 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 he and the me and the producer hit it off so well that I'm letting them produce most of my album. I've already recorded mm-hmm. my next single. It's it's mm-hmm. incredible too, man. And wow. check this out, I got Char- I got Charlie Wilson on the remix, man. Ah, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't wait to hear that. You he gotta send that to me. Yeah, man, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be cool. He's a good friend of mine. Oh man, y'all gotta get that to me. I love to play that. I love to hear that. Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got two more questions before we let you go and we get into this hot single. One question okay. is, um, who was your who you who, who y'all toured with? Y'all had the most funnest and wildest times. And after we play, I'm good. We're gonna jump into the joint shine. I just want you to tell me a little bit about that song too. We're gonna go out. We're gonna we gonna leave on that one. I tell you what, man, the tour that really was most influential and we had the greatest time was we toured with George Clinton on the Mothership Tour. We did 96 nights with him. All of them were sold out in advance, the exception of about seven. And mm. George put us on the tour. He let us co-star. And Cameo opened up. And that was in 1977, man. And, man, after we came off that tour, we was we was hot as I don't know what, man. And George, he opened his heart. He's, he, as a matter of fact, he's my daughter's godfather, man. He's on. He's on, a, on on some records that I'm going to put out later too. But he that mm. we enjoyed that tour. It was a long tour, man. But it was sold out every night. At least ten thousand people every night, man. And the mothership wow. was land every night. We had a great time. And um oh, all right. I'm sorry because my my partner got another question too because um we was it's arguing right. earlier. We was arguing earlier. We. Some people say that you are the one who inspired Rick James with the whole look, the hair, everything. You feel that way? 
Man, I know. I, I know I did. Rick was one of my Rick was Rick was watching me, man, real, real close. And you know what? When we did Unsung, when Unsung came to Memphis and, and did their segment on the Barcades, there was a part in in the in the in the uh in the segment that he showed a picture of Rick James and then myself right next to him. And man, we looked like twins. Mm. Rick used to be in the audience. He used to watch everything I did, man. But we were good friends. We were both bad boys getting into a lot of trouble all the time, but it was all good, man. It was all good. You know, uh, he admired admired a lot about me and I admired a lot about him. Even, even the guy that sung after you looked at a little bit like you too, right? Still had the same kind of look similar. The cat, the kid is in the group now. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He, he, a younger version of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, That's he's a real good kid, man. He, but he does favor me. You're exactly right. He does. All right. Well, you got the song "Shine." That was a real good song for y'all. Was what was that? Before we let you go, that's the last question. Shine, shine, uh, shine was a real big record for us. And I tell you, when Shine was a had gotten to number five on the charts. That was a record that was that we had been sitting on called Holy Ghost. We recorded that record in '75, but somebody had bought the master to it, so they put that record. They put Holy Ghost out the same time that Shine was out, and man, Holy Ghost busted wide open. So we mm-hmm. we were the recipients of it, so we ended up with two top five records, man, on the on the on the urban charts, man, because Holy Ghost is one of the biggest records we ever had. And certainly, probably one of the funkiest records we've ever done. Mm. So tell the people how they can follow you and keep up with you now. Hey man, everybody can go to www.thelarrydotson.com. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, the real Larry Dotson. You can get my book, which is called "And the Band Plays On." It's my life story. You can get my whiskey. My whiskey is called Guidance Whiskey. You can get my single. You can download the single, and you can get check the video out. You can download the single on and wherever you you know whatever platform you use Spotify, Pandora, whatever you want to do. It's on all of those platforms. But please visit me and 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 get a lot get a gist of what I'm doing. You know when I'm going to tour next, which I'll be touring in the summer. Uh, and uh, get and, and be sure you get the new single. I'm good and, and watch the video and tell me what you think about it. All right, so we're going to get into I'm Good right now. We're going to get into that. We want to thank Mr. Dodson for being here, man. It was an honor, man. It was fun, and it was definitely an honor, man. This one going to go down and beef through radio books and history as a great one. So, um, and we definitely, you definitely got our support. And when this pandemic go down, man, if you're ever in Harlem, man, we got the TV show. We would love to have you come up there, too, and do it all again. I will. I, I promise you, I, New Yorker, I will be there. I love New York, man. I shop there all the time. All right, so we're going to head on out, y'all, and this is I'm Good, Mr. Larry Dotson. This is his new single, Definitely Fire, and we're going to end the show with a classic shine. So let's do it. We out, y'all. Beef Stew Radio. Beef Stew My name, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for all that I have. But if I didn't have it, or they took it away, I 
wouldn't stress it out I'd be okay Cause I got my baby And she gives me every, everything I want and need That's why I say Don't I got to I'm good Ain't no other girl but me I'm good If I had to I never found it Cause I had you in my phone I kept me going 